Chris as Jeff and Julie move to France during a global pandemic. In Chapter 54, the first of our two-part series on our trip to Malaga, Spain. We will also spend some time in Toulouse and one of the few five-star airports in the world. And something we forgot from our year in review. Well, there's another calamity averted. Oh, you mean about our annual furnace burnout kind of thing? Yeah, we were just on our way over here to record the podcast, and I noticed that it was getting a little chilly in the house, and then you... (laughs) And then this morning, I said, that shower was pretty cold. Sorry about that. Uh, Yeah, we have uh, one of those oil furnaces, and... Oh, brand new when we got here, and it breaks seems to break down every year. Oh, yeah, and it breaks down <laughs> just before the maintenance guy gets here yeah. every year. So, anyway, yeah, it does our water and our heat, and that's that's the only sort of disadvantage of having, uh, you know, your water heater attached to your furnace. Yeah, because if it goes, everything goes. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, that's that's what we have. But we are very fortunate because we live on the same concession as the guy who owns the company who services our furnace. Yeah. So we made a call at around what a noon, and they were here by one thirty or. Oh, I think. No, it was an hour. I, I think it was an hour. Yeah. Which is unheard of, you know. I mean, usually uh, people who call with no heat, they get obviously. Uh, more instant service than a maintenance call. But man, that was crazy. So how long will it take before the rads heat up? Oh, it'll be, by the time we're done this, they'll be, uh, the house will be warm and, okay. the wa- and the water should be pretty warm. Okay. All yeah. right. That's yeah. good. No, it's, it's a, it is a good furnace. It's just, uh, you know, it's, Temperamental. It's, it's always inconvenient when your furnace goes. It's never a convenient time ever, right? And it always seems to go when it's the coldest, mm-hmm. or your air always goes when it's the warmest. Yep, <laughs> that's right. That's yep. just the way it goes. And that's when they're the busiest. Yeah. Right. Hey, uh, congratulations are in order, because uh, when we first began applying for all these cards that we needed, you know, um, the carte de séjour, the, the carte vitale, the health card, so on and so on, uh, we had a service do it. And, you know, they did a good job, Mm -hmm. but it was expensive. It was, yeah. So I thought I would take that on myself and and navigate the government website to see if I could renew our um, titre de séjour, Mm -hmm. um, which allows us to reside here for another year. And something I found out, um, because I was kind of wondering, wait a minute, why, why do we not have to apply for the carte vitale as well? So the carte vitale never expires as long as you have confirmed residency. Mm-hmm. So uh, with the carte de séjour, which is for us an annual For the time being, renewal, it's a, yeah, it's an annual thing for the time being, yeah. Yeah, so if we weren't able to get that, then it would technically expire, the carte vitale. So yep. good news because you got... Uh, well, I have an appointment... Uh, on uh, the 2nd of February okay. at one uh, thirty-five. Okay, so not in 10 minutes like last time. No, <laughs> no. But they want to see me because my dossier was incomplete. Okay. Now, uh, for for the people that are listening to this, you have no idea how many things we had to provide. And, you know, bills, um, Worth, financial statements, yeah. uh, bank statements, uh, marital status, where you were born, like 
many, like a cornucopia and, of, and for of mar- documents. For marital status, what did you write down? Sketchy? Sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I get this form and then I look at, okay, what the hell did I miss? What, what did I not include? Because I was pretty thorough. And then I see they've got it highlighted and checked off that I need to bring to my appointment four photographs. Which you already have, I thought. Which I already have. But in the explanation, they say it needs to be perfectly suited to the norms that are indicated on a clear background, neutral background. You need to face to the camera straight on. Your head has to be uncovered. You can't have anything in your hair or you can't have your face or your neck um, covered. They need to be completely free and clear. Well, do you think it's your hairstyle that kind of uh, no, swoops down? No, you know what? So so he, he, here's the photo. Uh, I brought it here. Mm-hmm. So what I think it's, it's, I was wearing kind of a half turtleneck. You know what I think it is? I think you're too close to the lens. Yeah? Yeah. I think it needs to be back a hair. I would so like that, that actually. <laughs> How do you feel about Cleveland? Um, uh, but but because your neck isn't even showing. Oh, maybe I was too close. See, like if they oh. said that you need to have your neck showing, yeah. then your head's too close and your hair is cut off. See how it's cut well, off? Well, no, but the... it's been that way. Like, no, 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 it was no, no, like no, that no. before too. No, no, I'm saying it's oh. cut out of the frame. It's out of the frame on the right side. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. I think you're just too close. Well, I'll um, have to go back to the machine and, and get some more... Uh, photos taken. It, it's pretty easy, the machine, right? It's pretty easy. Yeah. And not, it's not expensive. No, it, it's five euros if you're doing it without having the electronic send out to the government. Seven euros if you're sending it to the government. Now, do we just take the photos or do we need to? Well, have... they requested that on this day that I uh, bring my passport, mm-hmm. um, that I bring the requested documents, which... which um, Oh. They're requesting four photographs. Yeah, and 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 figure out which finger you want to have them cut off. I mean, it's just, uh, it's and, just, and I need to bring my own personal pen. Yeah, you gotta bring your own pen. And it can only be black ink. No, oh, it's 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 just it's amazing. It's really staggering. Anyway, so mm. I I will get some more photos taken uh, and uh, go down to my appointment uh, and. You know what? We'll just take everything. We will take everything. We'll take our dog licenses. We we will take the dog passports. We'll just because you know. I mean, invariably they'll they'll ask for something that we don't have, and and it gets delayed again. But it, you know what? I'm I'm actually the reason I'm saying congratulations is because that is a minor. You you actually even did that. You just didn't. Uh, the photo didn't turn out the way they wanted it to. But you clearly did everything else correctly mm-hmm. with yeah. their requirements. Yes, and I don't know what's going to happen with your request because nothing has come so far for you. Well, mine are probably fine. Your photos? Well, yeah, because your your hair is not in your face because, yeah. Because, because, sorry, what? Well, you were going to say something there about my hair. It's off your face. It sure is. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? It's almost off my head. (laughs) Oh, well. What do you do? Uh, so that's uh, that's looked after. We'll go to that little. Is that next week then, or? Yep, next okay. week. We'll go together. That'll be fun. I mm-hmm. love going to the government offices. They're so 
They're so No, once you get there, they're riveting. fine. Yeah. It, it's just, mm-hmm. it takes such a long, like, okay, why couldn't they not have sent me, as they said they would, uh, an email saying we need X, Y, Z document? Yeah. Why, why do I have to go in person 40 minutes away? And then, you know what? You're going to give them the photos and they're going to say, okay, we'll call you for your appointment to pick up the card. Yeah. And then we got to drive back again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fortunately, though, it's on the same day as my French lessons in, in the same city. Yeah. So we'll go for lunch and then yep. we'll, uh, we'll go head over there. Perfect. And it works out really well, actually. Yep. We'll make a day of it. Hey, have I mentioned to you how much I hate the uh, money here? The, the actual, like how much it bothers me? Is it because they're the euros and they're no. worth a lot more than Canadian dollars? Okay, there's that. Yeah. And and you mean how many Canadian dollars it takes to... Yeah, no, no, there's that. No, they're all different... All the bills are different sizes. It makes me nuts. I like to fold the money up and in one nice little thick packet in my pocket. But, oh, no, the fives are small and the fifties are large and the tens and twenties are somewhere in between. And it's just, it's like playing, it's like Monopoly money. Well, so I think there's logic to that. They they graduate in mm. size yeah. as the money is worth more. Um, so someone who doesn't have good eyesight can then say, oh, this is a five euro bill or this is a 10 euro bill. Um, If you're in Canada, someone who has issues with their eyesight wouldn't know if they were giving over a 20 or a hundred. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But for people who aren't blind, it's annoying. Uh, Not to me. Well, I don't fold them up like you do and put them in your pocket. Like I keep them nice and flat no, that's in my yep. wallet. That's yeah, but it, there you go. Even in the wallet, they're they're all in different. Like you got to reach farther in for one no, than another. No. Okay, so no, I put them in order. So I put fives together. Oh, holy OCD. Then, then tens together. Then twenties together. <laughs> so then it's easy. I know what I'm looking for. Oh my god! I really don't see that as being a problem. I think you're overthinking that. It's uh, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> Okay. Wow, that's great that you do that. You have time to do that, eh? Doesn't take very much time, and when you're at the checkout, it saves a lot of time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you you need to make that time for the person behind you who's about to write a freaking check. Oh, today at checkout, two people with checks. Two checks, and not only that, but the woman in front of me had two orders. Like she didn't put. Oh, uh, <gasps> so two checks? Yes, she didn't put the. Oh. Jeez. She was buying for someone else, and, and she, oh my goodness. The worst, though, is you go in and it's coupon time and check time. Well, just pull up a chair, because uh, sometimes these checkouts are just forever. Well, I think it's because we're accustomed to North America, where virtually everyone pays on credit cards. Like, you, I don't see people paying in cash. No. I don't see people paying in check. Far Never. fewer people paying with checks. Who, I, the last time I saw someone pay... Uh, anything for a check. I think it was my parents because I was 12. Yeah. We, we opened up an account like two and a half years ago and we still have check 001. Yeah. We have not written no. a check. No. I mean, we do here, but yeah, the Canadian ones. Yeah. We didn't, we never wrote checks Canada, but we do write a lot of checks here. But you know, I, I think that's just the way they do yeah. things here. Um, and I, I, I don't see that as being a big deal. Maybe we need to re- rework your system a little bit so you don't feel so frustrated about folding up. Oh, it's just I don't I don't need a new system because that's how I keep my bills. 
Okay. But uh, that's uh, fine. Anyway, okay. Oh, that's I'll, fine. I'll adapt. I'll adapt for those who uh, who can't see. I guess. Okay. Fine. <laughs> yeah. That's that's me. I'm a giver. Well, you shouldn't be so stressed out because we just came back from a, a week holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, we left on uh, what, was it what Friday the thirteenth? We did leave on that day, which is risky. Oh, however, would have been worse had we left. What the was it the next week that the strike was here or the, the Oh yeah, the, the yeah. strike was on the nineteenth. Nineteenth, yeah. But, so we were gone for that, thank God. But we left on the thirteenth and yep. we were in France where um we stayed in Toulouse before we took our flight out. Um, yeah. We left on Friday the thirteenth because our flight left for Spain, uh, from Toulouse really early in the morning. So instead of, you know, having to get up at two in the morning to mm-hmm. drive to Toulouse, we just spent the night there. It was great. It was really good. But Friday the 13th in France is not unlucky. Oh. As a matter of fact, I mean, uh, there are um, lots of people who find it a very lucky day. Okay. And some of the betting um, sites in France see that their numbers triple (laughs) on the 13th. You're kidding me. Yeah, more so than any other Friday. If it's Friday the 13th, they they see their numbers augment tremendously. That is so stupid. Well, but no, but some no, people think I, it's lucky. No, oh, see, okay. But, you know, it, th- th- that's one of the things in France that's a bit different because everywhere else oh, or in th- most places you one think— One thing. Well, no, yeah, I guess. <laughs> one thing. <laughs> Don't get me started. You're right. <laughs> um, okay, so— the 13th here is not necessarily unlucky. Okay. Um, but there are some really, there is one really weird thing that I came across on the interweb. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is uh, like one of those uh, superstitious kind mm-hmm. of things. Um, and this is probably one of the weirdest ones. Here it goes. Wives should never iron their husband's underpants whilst wearing a belt. It will lead him to suffering kidney pain. Holy. So, how many so hallucinogens how many, no, no, were involved in that statement? But how many wrong things are there? Like, number one, what man w- wears ironed underwear? No no man. And and I thought, I thought your first one was going to say, you know, what woman always irons their husband's... Well, that's my second one is... Which man would expect his wife to iron his gotch? I know. I've never even heard of that. Maybe maybe that's back in the day when the gotch maybe that's back in the day when the gotch was like six feet long and, and it was like a pair of pants. Maybe that's how old that is. But, but now, like with briefs and, and boxer briefs and that kind of thing, you don't there's no there's no ironing. And and with the fabrics that you know, like with the stretchy fabrics, there's no ironing of underwear. Yeah. And and no woman I know is going to be doing that for their husband. You know what? No, that I draw the line. Yeah. You, if you want to iron, yeah, have at your it. Calvin Kleins. Yeah. You do it yourself. Tuck in. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. All right. So that is. <laughs> so that was on the thirteenth, and we happened to be in Toulouse that day. And it was good luck for us because wow, did we ever discover something that we've never seen, and. I was at French class today, and Veronique said, "What? You've never seen the capital?" And so uh, it's actually it actually says the Capitolium, but uh, it's basically the capital. It's where the mairie is for you know the mayor, mayor's office, and all the government offices are for Toulouse, and it's in this massive square 
lined with restaurants. Oh, we and our hotel was like five steps off the square. Oh. No, it was it was great, and the weather was really good. Like it yeah. was just a little jacket weather. It wasn't it, very mild uh, weather, and uh, you know we walked around. We had a really good time. We were, um, you know, sipping beverages outdoors. Yeah, they did have heaters uh, above in, in the little tented-in area, but it was still really warm and relaxing. And then we went in inside for for dinner, but. It was just a great way to start off our vacation, and I took some really cool pictures of this ma- this building, which was uh, like it 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 originates from the 11th century, but the main structure, which you'll see on the Facebook page at Jeff and Julie, moved to France, was what 1700s or something? 1750 was built something somewhere like the, in there. The, yeah, the facade. The facade. It, it, yeah, yeah. and the whole square and the building is two hectares. Oh, it's it's just it's, it's huge. It's huge. It really is, and just stunning. And then out from that square is all the shopping, and just all these boutique shops. And it's it's got such a so. Here's the thing that we get. So if you ever planning a trip to France, this is what we're getting from the locals. Okay, including Veronique, my uh, French teacher. Skip Bordeaux. If you have a choice between the two cities, skip Bordeaux. And go to Toulouse because it's 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 very it's young it's energetic there there are it's a, it's a university town um, so there's lots of kids having fun and it's just got such a good vibe and it's pretty they call it La Ville Rose which is the pink city and that's due to the terracotta bricks that are used to make all the buildings exactly and that's really gorgeous it's very different architecture and and stunningly beautiful. And uh, the the Canal du Midi runs through Toulouse, mm-hmm. and that goes from from Toulouse all the way to the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, you know people can sail on it, uh, run next to it, uh, swim in it. It's uh, it's it's gorgeous. But you might not know that Toulouse is actually ancient. It's two thousand years old. Mm. The the, the Capitol Square that you were talking about, the original building was in the eleven hundreds. Wow. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And there's incredible food there. It, there's a great ambiance. Uh, there's, you know, just so much to see. Even in the Capitol, apparently, there's gorgeous um, gardens. Um, there's also an art room with 18th century art. Or is it 19th century? I think mm-hmm. it's 19th century art. Um, but just just there, there's a, so much culture to absorb. Um, one of the things, though, that is... Uh, and, and I mean, I guess it's part of the charm of this particular area. But uh, Veronique recommended next time we go that we park elsewhere and take the metro in because there's a metro stop right where we were staying. Because the area that I was supposed to park in was 200 yards past where we parked the car to check into the hotel, which meant the guy pulls out a map. You're going to go here, then you're going to go here and <laughs> over here. And, and I'm looking at that and I'm going, that's 20 minutes. And he goes, oui. <laughs> I said, oh, there's got to be a better solution. And he said, yeah, here, take this uh, piece of paper, put it on your dash and leave your car out front. <laughs> and, and he that said, worked. you know, that he's only had two yeah. incidences where the car has been ticketed or. No, no towed. It yeah. was just ticketed. But he said, but he said. It's okay because you're parking. If you parked with the hotel parking, it's twenty nine bucks, and if you get a ticket, it's thirty seven bucks. So it was worth the risk. And you know, we were feeling lucky because it was Friday the thirteenth, and we were. 
<laughs> and we were. So uh, so we, we thought we would just uh, spend a little bit uh, of time on part one of our trip to Malaga to talk about Toulouse because it's just a fantastic city and everyone who lives in France recognizes that that's the place to go, especially between those two cities, Bordeaux and Toulouse. Mm-hmm. And and we've been to Bordeaux. It, it's, uh, it's, you know, I, I, would, uh, I would like to just do one more tour of Bordeaux to, to, yeah. because I, I didn't dislike it. The only thing that I, you know, thought was, was cumbersome was how much renovation was going on. So roads were blocked off, mm. circulating was complicated. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I, I would like to make that opinion um, based on another trip. One of the things that Veronique said today is Bordeaux is, uh, the, the merchants are very pushy. Uh, which you don't you don't get that feel at all in Toulouse. It's a really lovely city, and now obviously uh, we have another reason to go back because we've been there four or five times and we hadn't been to this amazing center square, which she couldn't believe. Uh, but uh, if you ever do go to Toulouse, you got to check out the capital or or what's written on the building is Capitolium. Uh, I guess that's uh, some kind of Latin. It sounds it's like Roman. to me. Roman. Roman. There you go. Don't forget the Romans were bloody Romans. Yeah, they were the walking Romans around. They been. were walking around on this land before oh, it I became know. French. So they were walking around on everybody's land, I think. But uh, very fun time in Toulouse, and then we uh, boarded our flight. Now, not real happy about the carbon footprint here, but we did this entire trip on points. So the only way we <laughs> we could go from so Toulouse to Malaga driving is about 11 hours, not that far. So, uh, but we didn't want to drive. So we decided to fly and we had all these uh, aeroplan points that we had to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And the only, so then then you're stuck with partners, you know, to yeah, Air Canada. Like whatever's available during the yeah. time. So, so it's kind of a logistical calculation, the day that you want to go, how you want to get there. Yeah. And the only route that was palatable was going from Toulouse to Munich, <laughs> Munich to Malaga. Yeah. Now, that entire journey is six hours. It's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. It, it's it's just that, you know, it's a, it's a long way to go to get to Malaga. Uh, but that's what we did. And uh, what was interesting about that is we land in Munich. And first of all, the approach to Munich airport was just stunning. It was rolling hills, farmland, gorgeous. It looked like this gorgeous quilt. Yeah. Different colors and also different elevations. It was beautiful. And then we get into the airport and we're going, holy cow, is this ever a nice airport? And it got you to thinking mm-hmm. and, and researching about how what, 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 what's the deal with this airport? Why does it look so fresh and, and nice compared to... And then we find out that there's actually a rating system for airports, mm-hmm. which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. It's a company called Skytrax, mm-hmm. and there are only 11 five-star airports in the world. I'll get to more of that on a set in a second. But the criteria for the star rankings for these airports, it's awarded to airports that are providing a very high level of service, uh, quality performance. Um, Food? The, well, the top rating recognizes high standards of all the airport facilities. So amenities, uh, consistent and excellent standards of staff and service uh, across all of the frontline areas. I see. So I guess that would incorporate food because of that being one of the 
its uh, airport, you know, services. Uh, but there, you know, here's here's what I I could not believe. There is only one five star airport in North America, and one five star airport in Sorry, Europe. Sorry, there's one in North America. Yeah, Houston. Really? Yep. Houston. That must be that must be new. Yep. It was uh, the it was awarded last year, huh. and it's the first one in North America. Wow. Uh, and uh, it's the William P. Hobby Airport. It finally got the five-star status in the Skytrax World Airport star rating for last year. Uh, but that's the only one. That's the only one in North America. Huh. And the only one in Europe is Munich. And the only one in, in Europe is is Munich. And the rest are in the Middle East, yeah, like- Asian... Yeah, like there are 11, as I mentioned, in total. The, there's the ba- Bahrain International Airport, uh, Ahmad International Airport, Hong Kong, Istanbul, uh, Munich, as I mentioned, Seoul, Korea, Shanghai. Uh, but w- w- here's a question for you. Which airport do you think ranked number one in all of the world? Uh, of those five-star? Yeah. Uh, ooh, I would say, okay, um, Qatar. Uh, I don't know if that's on there, and I'm not sure how close it is, but I think you're in the in the ballpark. Uh, Doha's uh, Ahmad International Airport okay. held on to its crown this year after being, they were named last year, uh, but the year before that, they unseated uh, Singapore's. They were, they were huh. previously the number one airport. They were dethroned. Right. By uh, Doha. So, you know, I happened to see that, you know, I wanted to see where Pearson kind of oh, ranked. And I, I, I thought it would be way down the list, but this this organization gave them a four star. I can't believe that. Which is I, I, I'm based on their criteria. But when you read, you know, customer satisfaction for people flying out of Pearson, it's it's not good. It's but, not four star. Okay. But, but let's go back to the criteria here, uh-huh. which I'm not sure if it really has a lot to do with like baggage handling, which it should to me, it should. Yeah. Um, and late flights and all that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't think that's taken into consideration because that is maybe beyond the airport's control. I don't know the reason, but it's quality of performance uh, in terms of facilities and amenities more than anything else. And okay. and, and, well. and if you go by those uh, cr- that criteria, then, you know, Pearson looks pretty good. The you know the new part of Pearson, what's Terminal One? I don't know how old that is, but it's fairly new by airport standards. I mean that has all the amenities you could ask for. It's spacious. They've got great restaurants and all that stuff in there. So maybe that's what they're basing it on. Hmm. I don't know, but uh, so it was kind of neat. To uh, that's our first, yeah, that's our first five star uh, airport that we've ever been in, and it was very impressive. I like you'll like Munich if you wanna if you wanna go to Germany, you'll really like Munich. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and everything was set for us to take our flight to Malaga. And you know what? Uh, this this one time, because uh, we've had problems with Lufthansa before, this one time was quite the... Uh, oh, it was know. clockwork. Yeah, it was. It was clockwork. Really, everything was great. And we uh, we ended up landing in... Uh, I'm not sure if it's Malaga or Malaga. Anyway. Malaga. Malaga. Um, at uh, 2 in the afternoon, and it was, what, 20 degrees and sunny? Beautiful. And it just felt so good to be in, yeah. in, in you know, warmer climes, bright. Uh, and our first impressions of, of the of the city, 
it it was oh, it, first of all pristine, pristine, clean, clean. Yeah, as they say in French, in French, c'est très propre. Très propre. You know, we went. We took a, a quick taxi ride from the airport to the hotel. Um, we stayed because we were on point. We stayed at a pretty fancy schmancy hotel. Yeah, we, we we never would have been able to or would do that if if we were paying cash. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we were staying at that hotel, the Grand Hotel Miramar. We, I, I'm going to, just for fun, I'm going to sh- uh, share a few photos of this place because it's just stunning. Uh, you'll be able to check those out on the Facebook page. And it's, again, right on the water. That's yeah. the beautiful thing about Malaga is everything's on the water. You're it's on the ocean. It's a great beach yeah. town. Yeah. And uh, it's very sophisticated. Um, the people are so friendly and so nice. And, you know, the reception, they were there. They handed us a, gla- a glass of cava, mm-hmm. brought us to the room. There was a ro- rooftop terrace. Oh. Um, it, 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 our first day was was actually quite nice after traveling. Well, and then, and then you know, I know a lot of the stuff that you wanted to do was to get some shopping in, and you certainly got your fix. But Sunday, <laughs> everything is shut down. Mm-hmm. So Julie had a great idea that we would, because uh, the museums and stuff were, were open, we didn't really want to go to a museum because it was a gorgeous day. So we went up to a ruins at the top of Malaga, which looked down over this port city and then out onto the ocean. Oh, my God. And we were there early enough that it wasn't crowded. It wasn't touristy at all. No, it's a good time of year to go because, you know, in January, it's 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 not when most people travel to, to Malaga. So we, uh, we, we, how many stairs do you think we climbed? Like, oh, billions. Like, and, yeah. And then on the way down, we thought, okay, we're, we're going to head for lunch. And uh, on the map, we see, okay, we really want to try and find these Roman ruins because, because, uh, the Rome, these Roman ruins right in the middle of the city were accidentally found in the 1950s. That's right. Yeah. So th- these are fourth century ruins. Wow. And they were covered over uh, over time. Over and, time. And they were building a, a new uh, edifice, a new a new building. And so they, they were taking away some of the topsoil to make gardens and landscape, and that's when they found they discovered this, this. this treasure. And now, uh, and and you'll see. Um, oh, and the other thing is, um, at some point over the next week or so, uh, I'm going to be making a video of our trip because it's just, it was just that stunning. And so you'll really get a sense of this Roman theater, which they now use. They use it. Uh, it's been 40 years now where they've had different shows. Um, top actors from all over. Who did we see from North America that that, that no, did it? No, uh, not North. We, we saw the, the Marcel Marceau. Oh, Marcel did it. Marceau. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and there's some. some it was a quiet show. Some. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but you know, over the last forty years, they or over a period of, of two weeks, mm-hmm. they put on different shows, different um, plays. And people get to see mm-hmm. something special in a really unique environment. Yeah. So that's that's very interesting. Yeah. So we we did check that out. Then we had an amazing lunch. And here's the thing that I noticed, though, and we're going to probably talk a little more about this in Chapter 55 next week. So this ruins is about three blocks away from Pablo Picasso's childhood home. Yes, that's right. Picasso is from Malaga. And I'm thinking, I don't think he would then have ever seen these ruins. I don't know. No, not, no. No? No, he, he was, he was, he was not in Malaga. Maybe he had even passed. passed. by then, yeah. Yes. But so that I found very interesting. Here this was, so the whole time he was there as a kid playing around in the squares and stuff, this ruins was there, but he never saw it. 
And that brings me to the French phrase of the day, Spanish style. Oh, you're going to do this in, in Spanish? Yes, because this is from Picasso. Yeah, but it, it's just a... It Wait, so I, I'll, I'll, do it, I'll do it in Spanish. By the way, I've ordered a Spanish program to learn Spanish yeah, now because I'm that, so excited. Keep that stuff away from me because yeah, I, I I'm having enough trouble with, uh, with the French. I don't want to get my, you know, like even today I said, I, I was showing Veronique some some of the video from the tr- and I go oh look this guy's cooking pollo no he's not cooking pollo he's cooking poulet ah! <laughs> I, I just I, <laughs> okay so to make it easy I'll just yeah. do it in, in in Picasso's language and then oh yeah that'll be real easy and then I'll I'll do it in French and that's when you can chime in how's that okay, okay. sounds good so here we go with the Spanish phrase of the day todos los niños nacen artistas el problema Es como seguir siendo artistas al crecer. Okay. And now you're going to do French? En français. En français. Dans chaque enfant, il y a un artiste. Le problème est de savoir comment rester un artiste en grandissant. Oh, I have most of it and then I just lost you at the end. Uh, inside every child, there is an artist. Yes. Mm-hmm. See, inside every child, there is an artist. The problem is mm-hmm. the artist, and then this okay. is where le problème est de savoir. The, okay. Comment rester un artiste? The problem is they know. No, nope. the problem is how to stay uh, an artist. Savoir, you said. Yes. Le problème est de savoir. So the problem is to know. Oh, okay. Le problème est de savoir comment rester un artiste en grandissant. Grand, grandissant. Yeah, just, just, just tell me. So, the problem is to know how to stay an artist while growing. Oh, okay. So, in every child there's an artist. The problem is to know how to remain an artist while growing up. Ah, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was really and, and Pica- interesting. And Picasso... Those are his words. His words, yeah. yeah. You got it. I tell you what, th- this is something that we did uh, kind of off the beaten track there, um, but we did decide to take the tour of his of his house, and it's really interesting. This is where he grew up, and they've made it into a tiny little museum, and uh, there are some of his works, some of his early works, were, which were very impressionist. They weren't... Uh, I, <laughs> I got to say... <laughs> Oh, so no. Julie, Julie <laughs> real art connoisseur here. Uh, so Julie's looking at all these, you know, beautiful impressionist uh, pieces of art that were, you know, would would rival obviously Monet or Manet or any of the Renoir, any of these guys, right? And she looks at me. She says, "So when did Picasso get all weird?" <laughs> So we have more. We have more Picasso to talk about. Yes, we will uh, on part two of our trip to Malaga. Uh, Before we go, though, today, I was reminded by John and Julia from Alberta about uh, something that we clearly missed uh, on our year in review. On our best of? Yes. Mm. It was one of my favorite moments, and you're about to hear that it was certainly one of your favorite moments. So just to go back, this is from Chapter 10, The Little Red uh, TT, which yeah. is a 
big sore spot with you, I oh, understand. It still hurts. It still hurts. Uh, we went through, in Chapter 10, all of the things that you had to do to try and keep that car. Mm-hmm. In the end, not it not being worth it. In the end, even after we did all these little things, they wanted us to ship the car to Paris, run it through a series of tests where, which would, which was going to cost a couple thousand, where they may come back and say, oh, you need this, 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 and this. And at that point, it was like, okay, fish or cut bait here. We got to... We got to let this guy go. Yeah, little red beauty, bye-bye. Yeah, we, we, we've since found something that- uh, You did. That's, that's, that's <laughs> even better. Uh, but uh, what ended up happening from that was something I surprised Julie with in chapter 10. But it's all done now, and I will say that there's a bit of a silver lining. Okay. Uh, you know how I'm, I'm, I'm the lemonade maker. You know me, right? Yeah, Mr. Mr. Happy. Mr. Positive. Mm-hmm. I, I like to take a problem and, and just make it happy for everybody. We have our first sponsor. No way. Yes, we do. And uh, the first sponsor has a brand new commercial, and I'd like to play it for you now on the heels of this uh, terrible story. I'm very much looking forward to it. Here we go. Temporary license plates. 60 euros. Partial certificate of conformity, 150 euros. New side mirrors with no writing on them, 63 euros. <laughs> Replacing your rear light so the blinker is orange, not red, 197 euros each. Bringing your car to Europe so you can sell it for parts, priceless. <laughs> There are some things money can't buy. For everything else, there's France. <laughs> oh, thanks for the giggle. <laughs> All right, that is it for Chapter 54. Join us next week for Part 2 of our trip to Spain. We'll talk all about the things there are to do there. And we visit Alhambra, near Grenada. There was quite the surprise waiting for us when we arrived at the Palace of Alhambra. Stay tuned for that. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. A bientôt.